this in a sea of the dying and shameless uh, a sea of the aimless i don't want to be one of the nameless i'ma wake up with the mindset that one day i'm gonna make it and i don't think i'll be fine if i don't break my limitations don't try to stop me i exist to write my own story i'll make a decision if i want some peace or if i want the glory yeah don't want a life that is complacent or possibly boring i just want a life that is worth every day exploring Welcome to Anime Autopsy. This is episode four. We're still diving into Inuyasha. Uh, today is going to be season one, episode 16, 16 through 20. And that intro song that you just heard was Nefex, song called I Just Want to Be Great. I'm Alex. And I'm Tori. Jumping into episode 16, Mystical Hands of the Amaraus Monk, Miroku. Amorous. Amorous? Is that right? I can't read. I don't know. But uh, Moroku, a womanizing delinquent priest, has been collecting Shikan jewel shards and steals Kagomi's shards. This guy I like. Like most of these side characters in the show, I can't think of very many that I do like, except for like the goofy ones or I don't know. I don't want to say Shishama is like a side character, but but like as far as like what we've built so far, like the little fox boy's kind of okay. But you know, it's just kind of whatever. But this guy's actually genuinely funny and a good dynamic towards Inuasha. But uh Inuasha tracks him down and confronts Moroku to get the shards back. Moroku fights back with his priestly powers and the wind tunnel in his hand that he was cursed with. Basically. Motherfucker's got a twister in his palm. Like a black hole, essentially. Yeah. Like, does it ever, like, go into, like, once it goes into his hand, like, where that shit goes? No. It's, I like to imagine it as this, like, just this void somewhere, like, purgatory or some shit. I don't know. It doesn't go into detail, like, where the things go. So it's essentially a black hole. It just gets sucked in and it's gone. Another question. Is he a legit priest slash monk or does he just use the stick and his family like lineage as kind of like a front to fuck people over? Is it like He's, legit to some degree? It It is because his grandfather and his father, all of them priests and monks, but he does definitely use it to his advantage to get places to stay, food to eat because he's like all the time going up somewhere and be like, Oh, you've got demons here. If you just let me stay and get some food, I'll, you know, bless the place or whatever and get rid of them for you. And a bunch of the time, people buy it because there's fucking demons everywhere. True. So, like, he's got legitimate powers. You know, like, I don't want to say his hand is a power. It's more of a curse that he uses to his advantage. But so, but he's got, like, priest-like powers. like Yeah, like the sutras and... And things like that. A lot of perverted scenes in this episode. Uh, there was a bath scene where Kagome is taking a bath and the priest kind of creeps on her. Yeah. What's really funny about it is like Shippo lacks the understanding about why women and men bathe separately. No, yeah. And then you've got Moroku that's just like, you know, ogling her basically. But he, that's his thing. That's legitimately his thing. Every woman he sees, 
he will go up to them and ask them to bear his children. Yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> I also read in my notes that, you know, there was a lot of perverted scenes in this episode. Basically, just as much boobies you can get without without a nipple. <laughs> it's like, whose idea was this? And why was it 100% male executives that were in charge back in 2003? I mean, it was all wrote by a woman. I she know. made Maroka a pervert. And we've talked about how she supposedly went out of her way to not sexualize Kagami. Yes, like even but, though you see her titties, like you never see underneath her skirt. That was her thing. Doesn't matter the position, how short it is, you do not see underneath her skirt. Kind of a weird line. Mm. Like, you know, granted, there are tons of animes who go way beyond that. But... um it's just a lot of boobs and it's kind of weird. She's a teenager. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it and Yasha kind of is too, like he gives the appearance of a 15 year old boy, even though he's like 200 years old, some shit. I mean, I will say culturally speaking, uh, Japan's a lot different than we are. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like they're like, uh, okay. With like pedophilia or anything like that, but like just for instance, I remember it must've been, this is going to be a weird way to date myself, but Gran Turismo, the racing car game, when it came out, the second one was coming out. And like, I watched a kind of like a weird documentary on G4 when I was a kid about the making of Gran Turismo 2. And like in like in a weird side pocket thing, it showed a bunch of kids and like they had like cell phones at the time. This is like whenever cell phones were like starting to get popular in America. But like, it blew my mind that these little kids had cell phones. And then like, there are certain teenagers in Japan that live by themselves, but like well before they're 18. So it's like age wise, it's like, there's, it's kind of a different culture over there. Like over here, we kind of coddle our kids until like they're trying to get away from you. They're made to be more self-efficient in Japan. Like after class, the students will stay behind and clean their entire classroom. Like, Janitors don't do it. Teachers don't do it. It's the students. Yeah. And you have to think in feudal Japan, you know, they were getting married at 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And that, I mean, like just what, 200 years ago here that was happening. Yeah. So for them to ogle a 15 year old girl is totally normal back in that time frame. Yeah. Like there's so many of our like famous people just here in America, like presidents, just whatever inventors that were marrying essentially children you know like they were Elvis Presley did they're like women you know to the understanding that they can like bear children so you know Kagome brings back things from the future like her bicycle how does Moroku automatically know how to ride it that is true hops on it and takes her with him so it's like Everybody else is looking at her shit like, what is this? And he just jumps on it and starts pedaling. And it's not like they're not even going to be created for like another 300 or so years. He's just riding a bike. Well, we know at this point, 16 episodes in, there be plot holes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've already ran into some. But I do think it's cute that this is when we start to see the jealousy that Inuyasha harbors over Kagome when other men are involved. Yeah, this is why I like this guy so much. Moroku. Is that how you say his name? Moroku? Moroku, yeah. Because it adds a 
good dynamic towards any watch it that serves as character growth. Yep. So like really the catalyst of, you know, whatever feelings he's got for Kagome, like whatever's, you know, tiny spark was going on there. He really kind of put gasoline on that, you know, to really rush it. Well, then he, you know, Marku has to kind of just ruin it by bringing up Kikyo's death. He harbors those feelings for Kikyo still. No, oh, yeah. Stupid Kikyo. Cheating bastard. Anyways. I thought you didn't like her. Kikyo? Yeah. I didn't um, growing up, but I actually read something that makes me feel a little differently towards it. Like I simp- I feel pity for her at this point. I'll have to find the post and show it to you, but it, it kind of explained since Kagome and Kikyo, like Kagome is a reincarnation of her old soul. So those feelings and things, I don't know. I'll have to find it and read it to you. It made me understand a little better. I still don't like her. I mean, I she, she makes very much sense because it's not actually her. She just needs to lay in a hole and let it be done with, but she doesn't. She continues to just walk around as a fucking clay corpse and just fuck shit up every chance she gets. Well, we haven't run back into her yet, so. Yeah. I'll form my perspective on her at some point. All right. Hit that episode 17. Oh, God. The cursed ink of the hell painter. Kotatsu, a painter, sees a dream in which he becomes successful by controlling an army of ogres drawn with ink that has a sacred jewel shard in it. Moroku, Inuyasha, and the others become involved in protecting the princess that Kotatsu is in love with. God, Japanese names are so flipping hard. Yeah, I can imagine learning Japanese just in If general. they're not the main character, it's like, why even bother giving them names? <laughs> I'm pretty sure even when they're the main character, I would probably still end up pronouncing it wrong to some degree. Well, after hearing it so many times, though, you're going to correct yourself. Mm, but just not. using it once, it's like, I feel like I'm having a stroke trying to read it. This episode, definitely cool. I feel like a lot of their filler episodes are actually pretty strong so far anyways, because this is a, you know, one of those filler episodes that serves the purpose of getting a piece of the stone. We've seen this a few times already, but the demon ink is actually kind of badass because anything that he draws with that ink, it's like is it demon blood and ink mixed together or something with the Shikon uh, shard in it. Well- well, it's, yeah, it's the ink and then the Shikon jewel shard. Um, and this is actually one of the few instances we have that a, a sacred jewel shard is collected by a human because he's not a demon at all. He's just a human. That is pretty badass. So basically anything he can draw, he can bring to life, yeah. which all he seems to be drawn are demons. So I guess in a way they're not real demons. But there's still like fucking thing, like he draws I mean, a monster and it's like the size of a, a skyscraper. So like I don't understand why they don't like when they came across this why they didn't adopt this idea and use it for their own stuff. Well, I think know? it's it's to kind of just show like if the jewel shards fall into the wrong hands of people who aren't pure of heart, it's gonna be used for bad things. So like all he wants to do is create an army and. You know, obviously, that's not necessarily a good thing. So he's creating these demons that are just killing people. 
just to get his way. Like, it, and he's just a human, you know, so it shows how dangerous and uncontrollable demonic items can become even being wielded by a human. And it's like the classic, this guy was bullied kind of thing, yeah. picked on, and this is what happens, you know. Like he's if driven he mad power. by the shard because it's tainted at that point. And then, you know, he ends up sacrificing himself essentially because he thinks the ink will just absorb into his blood and all it does is basically suck his blood and leaves him just a puddle. Good job. Yeah, basically the episode ends with him being murdered by the ink, right? Yeah, so like I was saying, it he tries to, I guess in a way, sacrifice himself but not sacrifice himself by like letting his blood, basically trying to absorb the ink, I think, into himself. But the ink just ends up draining him of his, like absorbing all his blood and turning him into a puddle. So he's sitting here thinking, oh, I I actually control these things. And at the end, it's just the ink. And he just sacrifices himself for no reason. I think at the end of the episode, Moroku's like, oh my gosh, this shard is tainted. There's no way that, you know, I can even use this anymore or touch this. And then Kagome just picks up the shard and goes, yeah, yeah. all right, let's go, guys. She can purify him. She's got that touch. Episode 18, Araku and Shishomaru joined forces. I'm going to have an issue keeping those two names separate. Naraku and Naraku. Like, I just realized that it's an M and an N, but like they're sort of pronounced the same. But Naraku appears before Shishomaru and lends him an arm with a sacred jewel shard embedded in it. Shishomaru attaches the arm to himself and appears before Inuyasha and the gang to steal the Tetsaika. Two things. We finally get to see Naraku, which is the big bad, if I understand correctly, right? Yeah, he's he's the main villain of this whole story, I guess you could say. And Shishomaru is back. With his little uh, little butthole sidekick. What's his name? The green guy? Jockin. Jockin? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But yeah. Enter the season's big bad. Why is the white fur baboon suit so cool? I guess it does look cool. I think he looks cooler in his natural form. I, I wouldn't say his demon form. Because once you see his demon. No, I'm not even going to get into that. Just wait till you see it. it it's gross. But when he just appears as Naraku, I, I think he looks pretty cool. The bamboo suit, it, it's cool, yeah, because you don't get to see his face. It's like a mystery for now. I, when I see bamboo, whenever I think bamboo or bamboo, bamboo, bamboons, is that how you pronounce it? Bamboon, yeah. Shit, have I been saying bamboo this whole time? <laughs> yeah, baboons. <laughs> well, maybe I did too. I'm not sure. At I this don't point. know. Bamboo. Anyways. Baboons in my head do not reek of awesomeness. I don't think cool. That's awesome. Well, now you do. But for whatever reason, this white fur baboon suit that he's wearing looks so fucking cool. Granted, we don't see his red cheeks that are probably on the back end. 
but uh, that'd probably be a little less cool. But we got Shishomaru back, and he's basically, yet again, asking for his daddy's sword. I'm once again asking for my dad's fucking sword. <laughs> that meme. Is he always literally asking for that sword just throughout the whole series? Yeah. He doesn't think it's fair. Oh, poor baby. At some point, Amy Watch just got to go, do you want to just half it? <laughs> nah, just give it till movie three. Just give it till movie three. You'll, you know, understand and things will be fine. But essentially, yeah, for right now, it's going to be give me the fucking sword, even though I can't use it. Well, I, he can, but he can't. Why does Shishomaru trust him so willingly? I think it's just because Naraku roped him in by, you know, giving him that arm with the Shikan jewel and was just like, look, you can use this arm to get the sword, use the Tetsaiga. You know, you get, you do something for me, I do something for you. You kill Anyasha, you keep his sword, he gets out of my hair, basically. I don't think he explains that, though. He's just like, hey... And then kind of tempts him with it. And he's just like, that sounds like a great idea. Let me put that arm in place of my arm. Yeah. It's it's almost like Shishamaru is so powerful that he's bored. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing to do on a Wednesday. Interesting. Let's go fuck with my little brother. I mean, that's basically all he ever does when he shows up is fuck with Inyasha a little bit and leave. He had, he is so powerful he has every opportunity in the book to actually kill Inuyasha does he do it no he's like the little kid that tortures ants with a magnifying glass he's like my brother growing up torturing me with aliens to the point where I'm petrified and he still holds that power over me what was it a birthday bag with aliens on it and he swears up and down that he didn't realize that there were aliens on it a fucking liar he is a liar or that meme he sent me that just made me start crying in the middle of the night wasn't it just an alien or something it was an alien and it had some obscure word on its forehead but i didn't even make it that far because all i saw was its eyes and i immediately shut down and started crying and had you have to go delete it so i wouldn't have to see it when i opened my messenger again He's probably going to listen to this, too. <laughs> I told him that happened. He thought yeah, it was hilarious. He's a jerk. You're a jerk, Robbie. Jerk. Open up 19, then. So Episode 19 is Go Home to Your Own Time, Kagome. Shishomaru wields the Tetsaiga with his borrowed arm against Inuyasha, who fights back with his sheath. I don't know that fucking word. When the two strike each other at the same time, Inuyasha gets up close to Shishomaru, rips off his arm, and gets back the Tetsaiga. When Inuyasha learns Naraku's plan, he fears that Kagome might die. When? Oh, it's so cute. I'm going to lose my second girl, my side piece, like the first one. There's a grooming joke there somewhere. I just know it. Weird heart-to-heart with between the brothers, which... It's like a heart-to-heart in its own weird way. There was a point where Kagome is helping. I think he like shoots him with an arrow. Um, but Shishomaru has gotten a hold of the Tetsaiga in its full-ish form. Like, it's, like, bigger or whatever. Yeah. She reverses the Tetsaiga back to the, the dingy-looking um, sword. With her arrow, yeah. 
but <laughs> there's like a part where Shishomaru is, you know, telling Iniwash, like, I know that you're half human along with half demon, but is basically saying, like, don't sink down to where you accept help from humans. Yeah. It was like, well, it was like totally, <laughs> totally a dickhead thing to say the way he said it, but it was also came from a place where he was almost like looking out for him. Like, don't be weak or I don't know how to explain it, but I kind of don't see it as in that way. No, I see it more of in like, oh, you're just like dad. He was an idiot to trust humans and look what happened to him type thing. Because I mean, you know, maybe his point, I guess. He was with Shishomaru's mom, had Shishomaru. Then he was with Inyasha's mom, who was a human. And then essentially, he died trying to defend them. So it's like, you're going to turn out just like dad. You're going to die trying to protect these humans that you love so much when you I should think, just say, fuck it. I think that may have been his point in what he said, but if he truly didn't care, why would he say it? He would probably hope that he would fuck up in the same way that his dad did. Cause I don't think he necessarily wants to see Inuyasha fail which kind of goes back to my point of he has every opportunity to actually destroy him and he doesn't. Yeah, I think we're agreeing. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, it just took two different views to get there. But there, yeah, sure. That's why I was saying it's like, I think well, yeah, we're on the same page. He's still a dick. Oh, for sure. And it's kind of why I like him. Yeah, he's really cool. There was two casual arm ripoffs in this episode. Um, Inuyasha rips his hand off uh, from like mid forearm at one point in the episode. And then at the very end of the episode, uh, Shishamaru is, I think, just flying, right? Just randomly, he's flying through the air. And then he's like, he looks at his arm uh, where it was still partly human arm. And he's like on fire. And he just casually rips that off and just throws it. If I'm not mistaken, I could be. I think it was because that shard was being controlled by Naraku. So since he didn't follow out with his end of the deal, which was killing Yasha, um, Naraku, I think, was going to use the shard to try to, like, destroy Shishomaru. So he just, like, ripped it off his body and just, meh. Yeah, definitely an insurance policy. And there were, um, at one point, it may have been the last episode or at the beginning of this one, Moroku uh, uses his... Um, what are we going to call this palm thing? It's a wind. It's a wind tunnel. That's what we wind they tunnel, call it. Wind Carter. tunnel. Yeah. Okay. Wind tunnel and um, Moraku gave Noraku. Sh- That's so fucking confusing. I know. I hate it. Big bad. He get. He needs a code name. Big bad. Okay. Big bad gave Shishomaru this like egg thing, but like inside of it was like a bunch of hornets or whatever. So. Uh, the idea being yeah. whenever he opens his wind tunnel, he throws the hornets in there and it poisons him from the inside. Yeah, so since Naraku, you know, gave him that curse, he knew that the Shamyosho would be effective in the fact that anytime he's around and those come out, you know, Naraku can't use his wind tunnel because he sucks them in and he gets poisoned. Right. So that that does a few things. So like that the poisons him, but it also tips Maroku off on the fact that hey, you don't know me, I don't know you, 
but somehow you knew exactly how to stop me within seconds of me opening the wind tunnel yeah who tipped you off because not many people know about this so kind of tips him off that there's uh something else up um that he's unaware of at the moment what was my whole point my whole point was oh so the shards the the, the shard that uh was that was messing with shoshomaru he was basically being guided by those hornet things uh, or being followed by those things. Basically, <laughs> as soon as they got that piece of the stone, they went away because they took that shard back to Big Bad. Yeah. It was, so. the, the, the stone was tainted uh, in like an entrance policy type of way. Yeah. Where he would, no matter what, come out on top some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you'll realize like whether... Narok is there or not, he uses the Samyo show to watch what's going on. What is that again? The, the bees? Sh- Samyo oh. show? So he uses the bees as like kind of like a way to like spy on stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I figured that, w- that was going to be like a one-time thing. Mm-mm. No, we all encounter them just about every single time they face Naraku or something that has to do with him. And Maroku wants to use his wind tunnel. Nine times out of ten, they are there. So at the end of the the fight between Inuyasha and Shishomaru, it gets to a point where it was almost a stalemate, I guess. Like, or he was, because it gets to the point where he's kind of. It seems like he's got Inuyasha on his heels, and but he realizes that he unlocked a certain part oh of the sword God. or something. Can you explain that? Because it didn't make any sense to me. This was like my absolute favorite part of this episode, basically, um, because Inuyasha had lost so much blood and from Shishomaru's venom that when he um, staggers to his knees, he's still holding Tetsaiga upright. Um, so Jokin actually thinks he's unconscious and he goes to approach him and Shishomaru stops him because a small burst of energy like fired from Tetsaiga. And then, so even though Inuyasha is unconscious, the sword still responds to his will. So if they do try anything, he will strike them down, whether he's aware of it or not. Because the Tetsai so like is, yeah, it's protect, just like the sheath will protect him or Kagome. It's another way of protecting the both of them because that's what Inuyasha is trying so desperately to do. So as long as that sword is in his hand, when he is down, he's still gonna do what he can whether he realizes it or not and it would almost be like more power than he would just wielding it in a weird way right because it goes off of his will in that scenario yeah instead of him just trying to like hack and slash yeah because he still hasn't really set aside some of his you know crybaby boohoo attitude and like really just focused on discovering the power of the sword and wall it can actually do because he still has that mindset of you know i just want to be a full demon and i just want to be all powerful instead of using it to protect people essentially protect the people he loves so until he hunkers down and gets at it it's just like eh. but it's still going to do what it needs to to make sure that inuyasha is okay and we get to a point in the episode where Inuyasha gets a little sappy with Kagome. Oh my god. He's like yeah. basically saying that he wouldn't know what he would do if something happened to her. 
this and that, and it's all romantic, and he pushes that bitch right yeah. into the whale. Well, he doesn't want her, you know, to end up like Kikyo, because, you know, the same thing happened to her, and they realized that it was Naraku. Well, he, you know, he finally realized, I wasn't the one who attacked her, it was Naraku. And the fact that he shapeshifts, you know, it makes sense now to Inuyasha. He disguised himself as him, messed with his woman, and now the same thing could happen to his new woman. So he's got to protect her. So he just yeets her down a well. Let me tell you, I was, I think I was working out. I was on the treadmill. Okay, so I was on the treadmill watching this episode. So I was watching that scene. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, like that's character growth. Cool, cool, cool. And when he pushes her into that well, I laughed so uncontrollably hard. You know, he actually shoves a giant tree into the well. Yeah, I saw it. He, he picks up the fucking, he picks like up. Like, that's going to make a difference. Picks up a whole ass tree and stuffs it into the well. Like, she can't cross back without the Shikon jewels, but just to make sure, I'm just going to plug it. He's kind of a dummy, so. He just, he wants to protect her. He cares in his own weird way. Despicable villain, the mystery of Onigumo? Yep, Onigumo. Yeah, first try. Episode 20. Yugomi has her sacred jewel shard taken away from her and is returned to present day. Unable to return to fetal Japan, back to her normal life. She agrees to go on a date with Hojo. Meanwhile, Inuyasha and the gang try to find out more about the mysterious Naraku, aka Big Bad. So, they finally discuss a little bit more about how the cause of everything is actually Kikyo's fault instead of Inuyasha. Everyone assumes of course it's Inuyasha's fault because you know, he's a He's kind of a... Because he's half-demon, that's racist. No, I was going to say dick face, because he's kind of uh, a dick yeah, face. That's it. Well, you know, see, this is this is a lesson learned of what happens when you take in strangers. You fuck everything up. Kikyo took in a stranger to help him. And what happens in return? He turns into this freaking demon, and she gets killed. And in the meantime, thinks the love of her life did it. I knew that I went back and kind of went through this episode uh, today at some point. I was a little confused. So she nurses this, um, is he a burn victim or something? He's like Basically. all wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. So she nurses, like really him, bad. nurses him back to health. Her and eye patch helps out too, I guess, uh, in one of the scenes. Mm-hmm. What was the turn? What caused him to go evil? I can't remember exactly. So don't quote me on this, but, um, you know, because his wounds are so bad, like he still can't do much of anything. And he has, he yearns for Kikyo essentially. And like with his form and body, how it is now, like he, he can't do much of anything. So he makes a deal. I don't remember if they were already in the cave or something drew them in, but he just kind of made a deal with these demons. I was like, Hey, make me powerful I'll let you use my body. And yeah, he comes, he becomes Naraku, essentially. And I think in an episode in the future, it goes more into detail. So like I said, don't quote me on that. But that's kind of like what I vividly remember happening. It was a little confusing, but I guess by design, because they'll kind of dive more into it. 
Yeah, because you know he just walked out in that cave. Kikyo's not there all the time, so it just ends up happening. And I think she comes back, and like he's gone. We got Kagome stuck in present day after Inuyasha has blocked uh, the well with a tree, Uh, but she can't technically get through without you know the shard or at least the piece of the the Shikon jewel. Now it's back to normal life. We get a few funny scenes with her in present day. She's still kind of. You know, kicking around the idea about that Hojo guy. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be a no for me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, he's like, honestly, probably the healthiest choice. He is. And obviously he cares about Kagome's well-being. But Inuyasha does too. He pushed her back in the well for a reason. But they're destined to be together. Inuyasha and Kagome are destined to be together. Hojo's just, eh. So just kind of a dork, so. Like, he doesn't, like, yeah, he's cute or whatever, and he cares about her, but eh, he'll he'll find somebody else. I mean, how many girls would go to that school? She got three friends. Choose one of them. She's got, like, eight friends. They all, it's so weird because they all sort of look alike, and they all sort of look not alike at the same time. It's, like, the weirdest thing. You just think that, because you do the same thing with my K-pop fans. You say they all look the same. Well, at least they all have different colored hair or something. Yeah, but wait till you like watch one music video and then you're like, okay, I recognize that one. In the next video, it's completely changed. That's my issue. You have to go off facial features. It gets easier. And it's not like I don't like K-pop. Oh, I know. I'm not saying you don't like it. It's just funny to hear you. Now, there are some K-pop songs that are just fucking, I, I just do not like. Slow, you know, like the, um, you know, the love ballads. No, okay. Nah, mm-hmm. No thanks. More of the rappy. I'm not into love songs. Mm. Well, I mean, they're speaking a different fucking language. Like they could be talking about puppies or something. Like for all I know, it just seems like a love song. Okay. We're getting God, I just blanked on every K-pop artist that I, I know. BTS, Jackson Wang, um, yeah, NCT like, is something we listen to a lot. I was going to say uh, NCT for life, but whatever. Just to prove that I know some K-pop. Anyways, yeah, there's a big fighting scene. There is, I don't remember his name, but there was like this um, spirit, this animal guy thing. And he um, gets forced. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to say it wrong. Royal. Royakon? Royakon? Yeah, that, that um, sounds just about right. He was in the forest or whatever. I can't remember if he's like the spirit of the forest exactly. What was he? But something along those lines. Just this giant wolf type demon thing, which I think originally is kind of a sweet demon. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Naraku uses his shards to like. It's like his shard that's like a, he's tainted it. Yeah. So he basically just completely pollutes this spirit, this animal uh, guy with, like, just taints him into being evil. And at one point, they kind of, like, fight him off and whatnot without, like, having to, like, harm him too bad. Yeah. And then... That was so sad. Could you see him, like... He's scared to death because of the wind tunnel. He saw his little wolf minions being sucked up. And he's mm-hmm. crying in the freaking forest. And Naraku comes back and he's like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And he just shoves more jewel shards in him and is like, go. Just, you know, 
cranked him up on some steroids. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and like I totally forgot until you said that he's basically vomiting out wolves out of his yep. mouth. Three eyed wolves. That's wolf. crazy. Totally normal. I don't remember. Did they kill him? Do they have to kill him? I do not remember if he dies. If I'm being honest. Yeah, for whatever reason, this episode seems like real broken up, and I literally just watched it today again. Because he was originally a gentle demon. He just guarded the forest. Um, yeah. Oh, I think he escapes. Yeah, good for him. I, I would be a little upset if they had to, like, kill him. But they did say at some point he may come back, so they return to the village and yada yada. But we get our, um, like, at the end of the episode... They do kind of like a teaser of episode 21, which teases the first official face-to-face of Inuasha and Naraku. Uh, happens, um, they kind of tease him still in the baboon outfit. And then mm-hmm. at one point, at the very end of the teaser, it shows most of his face. And I got to say, he looks a lot different than I thought he was going to look. Kind of looks like a like a Naruto character or something. He's got like long black hair. Is he full demon? Naraku? Yeah. No, see, that's the thing. Naraku's also a half demon because he was originally a human. So he's uh, also a so half he demon. So he was like born full human though? Mm-hmm. And was... And then he gave over his body essentially to demons. But he still has, you know, control over his body because he's still... Like, it's like he took those demons in and are, is using their power, but he still has full control. He knows what's going on. He's controlling it all. Do you think he's tainted or is that like just who he is? I think that's just who he is. He is a fucked up individual. And once he got the taste of power, he just wants to make it worse. Do you remember why he was hurt? I don't know. If I'm being honest, I can't remember what happened to him. I so badly want this guy to be cool too. Like, I think he'll be cool in like a, a villain kind of way. But uh, like, I hope he's not kind of like a letdown. I hope I'm not just going, God, I wish Shishomi would just be the bad guy. No. All right, you got any closing thoughts? I just feel bad for the giant wolf guy. But um, I like that we're finally getting into stuff with Naraku so that you can start seeing like, you know, obviously you're figuring out who he is what happened between him and Kikyo and Inuyasha, the like love triangle thing going on, even though Kagome, or not Kagome, Kikyo had no feelings towards Onigumo in that way. It was kind of obvious to him. Um, So that's another reason why he, you know, did what he did because he figured out that uh, Kikyo and Inuyasha had a thing going on and he was jealous. So he disguised himself as Inuyasha and yeah, petty at its finest. Yeah, I always forget, and I said this, I think, last week or the week before, that I always forget that at the end of the day, this is just a love story. Yeah. Wrapped into an anime. So, it's like, so good. Knowing, knowing that Onigumo, Onigumo? Onigumo. Yeah, there you go. Big bad. Yeah, big bad. Likes Kikyo. Yeah. Kikyo already likes Inuasha. Big bad get real mad and fuck things up. That's basically what it is. Oh, did you want me to share my uh, thing about the whole Kikyo Kagome situation and why I don't really feel bad for her anymore? Yep, go for it. Okay, so essentially 
Um, it was in this Inyasha group that I'm in, as you know, I'm that devoted. Um, it says, when you were young, you hated Kikyo, but when you grow up, you can understand her pain. And somebody said that I don't think people realize that the story in essence is about the love that transcends time. Kikyo and Kagome are the same soul, not the same person. Kikyo actually wanted to be like Kagome. She wanted to be a normal girl without the huge responsibility that she had. Her wish was granted when she was reborn as Kagome. Kagome is the complete opposite of Kikyo. What people fail to realize is that Inuyasha and Kikyo's love was so strong that they found their way back to each other, even though Kikyo was reincarnated as Kagome. That's a lot. Yeah. So it's basically saying like, Kagome is essentially what Kikyo wanted. She wanted, she didn't want to be this high priestess anymore. She didn't want to protect the jewel. All she wanted was to be a normal woman and live out the rest of her life with Inuyasha. Yeah. And she ended up dying. Their deal, their whole deal was that she, he would use the jewel to become full human. Yep. And then and- that would fulfill her destiny of having to protect the yeah. jewel because it wouldn't exist so that they could just exist together and like live happily ever after. And it just didn't work out that way. And since that didn't happen, she was reincarnated into Kagome, which explains why the jewel was in there, found her way back to Inuyasha. So it's like, she is finally getting to relive that, even though it's through Kagome instead of Kikyo. What's the twisted part is that she's having to watch it from afar. So it's like she won but lost hard yeah. at the same time. Well, the really the only thing that's keeping her going in that form right now is all the hatred she has towards Inuyasha. So you know, she didn't ask to come back either. So no, no, that's the whole thing. Like it's not really her. But once I read that, I was like, man, okay, okay, I get it. But at the same time, growing up, yeah, I did hate her. Like she's ruining everything. Kagome shouldn't feel like the third wheel. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be interested to see like when she pops up next. I'm sure it's at the most inconvenient time. Always. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Don't forget to like, rate, review, download, and share. These are all free things that you can do that help us out more than you know. The intro outro song is by Nefex. The song is called I Just Want to Be Great. This has been Anime Autopsy. My name's Alex. I'm Tori. We'll see you next week. My limitations. Don't try to stop me. I exist to remember your story. I'll make a decision if I want some peace or a